Welcome to I Hate It Here, the podcast for HR and people professionals, making the hardest job in the world just a little bit easier. I'm Hibi Youssef. TikTok, and even to a great degree, Instagram, is really offering a playground for brands to communicate more authentically. I think there's a big challenge, though, which is how do we get our execs to do it themselves or at least like support them in getting their voices involved in the conversations? I mean, that's what social media did. It democratized thought and information sharing. AI is a tool. It's not a replacement. It's another Google search engine. It's another browser tab. It's another way to collate information that's available online. That human element, when you think about it, when you read it aloud to yourself and you say, is it landing? What questions do I have? What questions is it raising for me? That's a key to getting the communication right is, how is the person you're communicating with going to take this? Understanding your direct reports, avoiding team burnout. Those sound like worthy causes, right? PI Inspire promotes leadership at every level. Stop losing good people to avoidable issues like poor communication and a one-size-fits-all management approach and inspire them instead. Learn more at predictiveindex.com. Are you celebrating employee milestones like birthdays, anniversaries, or onboarding? What about customer milestones? Or even Employee Appreciation Day on March 1st? Don't let the chance to celebrate and spark joy slip away from you. You should check out Snappy, a gifting platform that takes all the guesswork out of gifting. Want to send a gift collection and let them choose their favorite? Snappy's got you covered. Need to send swag that people actually want? They've got it. Know what you want to gift? Great, because they can do that too. Deliver delight with Snappy every time for every occasion. Go to www.snappy.com slash I hate it here to sign up for free and start gifting today. Welcome back to another episode of the I Hated Here podcast. I'm super pumped about my guest today. I have a friend. I was going to say something else, but I don't know what to say after friend because we've never worked together. <laughs> Dean, Dean Alabate is joining me today, and I can't wait to get into communication is like going to be what we chat about today. But Dina, first introduce yourself and let's start there. Thanks, Hiba. I'm Dina Alabade. I am a Senior Director of Content and Communications at Greenhouse. You might have heard of them. They're amazing. And I've been with this company over six years. And I've been in the communications world for pushing 20 years. And I have a degree in journalism. And I feel like all I've ever done my whole life is communicate. I'm also a writer and a dancer. So I communicate in many different channels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's who I am and what I do. I'm also a mom and a caregiver, and I'm really, really vocal about that. I lead our caregivers ERG at Greenhouse called the Full House Arbor. And I'm really, I cannot wait to get into this topic because I think it's time to pull the curtain on why there are so many issues with communications at work. Wait, so many things. One, I love Greenhouse. Everybody who reads I Hate It Here knows that. Big fan. Love that you've been there for six years. That must have been a while. It's a, it's a wild ride, right? How old is Greenhouse, really? Twelve. Over 12. So, I mean, I've barely been here half the time. And you got there in the toddler years. And also, you're such a creative, like you, so many mediums, dance, writing, comms. That's like a total creative all around. Well, I can't sing. Me neither. I mean, I'll I can try. sing, we can all sing, I just can't find a note. <laughs> or, I mean, that's never stopped me. Yeah, I feel like 
again, I am so happy to have this conversation with you because I feel like my whole life is communicating. Like, see me, hear me, hear my company, see us, listen to our message. Well, this is going to be good because I have a theory and I've said this, I've said this in the, in the newsletter so many times. I have this theory that everyone is bad at communication. It's a real thing I believe. And even me who like writes, I have to do so much internal comms, like even I think I have room for improvement. So I want to know from you, like you've done communications for so long, you've communicated in so many different avenues. Do you actually think people are this bad at communication? I do. (laughs) I do. And I think there are a lot of reasons for it. But the simplest one, and maybe the one people don't want to hear, especially at work, is that everyone is overthinking it. And the messaging of it and the delivery of it. And I'm a communications professional. So like internal and external comms falls under me, content marketing, thought leadership content, so much under this realm of communications. And I see people day in and day out in all parts of the world, in every type of company, just really overthinking it. And I think that's where we get stuck. When you are really authentic and honest and straightforward, people relate to that. And my team always says it. I mean, I'm so lucky to lead a team of 10 amazing people. And I think the reason they like being on my team is that I am straightforward. I'm a sharpshooter, if you will. I That's why we get along. I try not to mince my words or talk around things. Being direct is really, I once had a career coach say to me, I'll say to the group that I was in, it was at my last job and it was like a really fun workshop we did, but she said, the hardest way to communicate is directly because you have to be super vulnerable and you just have to say the thing. But the, the more direct you are, the faster you get to the conversation you actually need to have and the solution you need to come up with. I got the feedback. Actually, I just tweeted this recently that one of the earliest pieces of like critical feedback I got was from a male manager that told me I was too direct. He said, you're too direct. It's like off-putting as a woman that you were so direct and people don't like that. And I remember being like, so you want me to like mince my words and then talk around the issue and not just say, here's a problem we have. How do we fix it? And I found that really fascinating too. It's like, you're saying we're overthinking it. And I think we are like consistent feedback I've gotten is like, you're so direct. It's so different. We're not used to this. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not used to it? So you'd rather me waste your time which is like literally money and resources to not be specific about the problem we're facing. Isn't that the thing sometimes? Like that's what it comes down to of let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this and talk about this and talk in circles rather than let's take a step back, take a deep breath and say the things that need to be said. Yeah. I think it's so funny you bring up that story because at my old job, a male senior manager who didn't directly manage me gave me feedback as a mic drop right before he left the company and said, Dina is too assertive. (laughs) He always gets what she wants and is able to get the work done and make others do the work. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I think that what you're trying to say, if you are direct, is that I'm good at my job and I'm efficient and I'm effective. But they don't like it because you're a woman. Of course. It's very interesting. They like it that is. text 
There's that amazing Textio report that always talks about like the bias that comes up in feedback where women are given more feedback about their personality than their achievements. And I think about that all the time because I've gotten the same feedback. Like you're too direct, you're too honest, you're too blunt. And I'm like, I don't understand why you would want me to be anything other than that, especially as your HR person. I know. Like it, it does it does nobody any good for me as an HR person when communicating with executives to talk around an issue and not be specific or direct. And that's where I think like a lot of manager feedback and problems happen in the workplace is people try this like roundabout way of giving the feedback and then aren't successful and then get upset when things don't change. And it's like, but the problem is you're not being specific enough. It's you. Hi, the problem is <laughs> when you're not communicating. I will say, I mean, you must have it so hard in HR because you're out there trying to do the work. Your newsletter is really honest and it's refreshing and I love it. I love to read it as a comms person, as someone who works for an HR tech company. I'm like, I'm very much embedded in the industry, but it's entertaining nonetheless. And I think, wouldn't you want your HR person to be more honest and authentic because that's the flack that HR has gotten over the years since we used to call it personnel yeah. um, decades ago, since it was just seen as a paper pushing function and administrative. It's that there is cold, distant communication. I mean, this is just like the generalization. Cold, distant communication that isn't real, that's just pushing the company narrative, that's just protecting the company. And Everyone I know in HR, and it's a lot of people because of the work I do, and also I just feel like I'm constantly running into recruiters and chief diversity offers like in my daily life, which is awesome. So many people, people, if you will. Yes. I mean, yeah, I just, I want you all to be more authentic. Like who wouldn't? I think it's, so the part where I think it gets really tricky is like there's my voice and then there's my company's voice. And a lot of times, especially at like early stage startups, the company voice becomes somewhat intertwined with your head of people or chief people officer's voice. That separating the two can feel really hard. But I feel like brands are moving in the direction. Like I love seeing brands comment on people's TikToks because I think it's like funny. Where I'm like Microsoft Teams is commenting on this TikTok like, hello, it's hysterical to me. Have you seen like a shift with the rise of like TikTok where brands are more intertwining their identities with specific people, like the rise of the influencer? Are you seeing that like brands really should have a separate voice from potentially internal teams or like their executive suite? That's a really interesting question because I think it's the wild, wild west. Like so many forward thinking brands are just like going whole hog and like testing different things out. And I mean, honestly, on the artist formerly known as Twitter, we used to see Wendy's, I'm talking about 10 years ago, Wendy's putting out like snarky tweets to people. And it was just super entertaining to watch. Oreo Oreo is one that sticks out in my mind because they always did such a fun job on their social media. So I think TikTok and even to a great degree, Instagram is really offering a playground for brands to communicate more authentically. I think there's a big challenge though, which is how do we get our execs to do it themselves, or at least like support them in getting their voices involved in the conversations. So it's not just always the brand doing it, because we all know there's a social media team behind that or our comms team. And they're they're working really hard to create great content and to engage with the audience and to also 
bring in the thought leaders from the company and the subject matter experts from the company and just get into the conversation. And so I feel like it's happening a ton. I think in the spirit of being really honest and authentic, a brand can get involved in the conversation as the brand, using the brand voice and the way the brand talks and execs and thought leaders and individuals at the company can and should join in to whatever the company guidelines are because most offer them or would offer them if there was a question of that and and join the conversation. I mean, that's what social media did. It democratized thought and information sharing. And so I like to see a brand being a brand and then a cheeky CEO coming in and like responding to something, but from an authentic place, from like their true perspective, not just this is an opportunity this is what you should say. And it's like a formulated message. I think that's another tricky thing about communications, whether internal or external is a lot of times, and you know this, the way you send an email, the way you share a presentation, the sentence and the actual words you say need to be thought out and crafted. And sometimes there's more than one, two, three, or four or five people contributing to that. But after you've done all of that thinking, because thinking is needed, but just not overthinking. Thinking is needed. But after you've done all that, take a step back and read it out loud. Does it sound like a human person wrote it? I read all our comps. I read all our comps out loud. Yeah, read it out loud. I mean, the same goes for my personal fiction writing and my essay writing. and But at work also, like, read it out loud. Are you being a human? I know we haven't even touched on AI. But yeah, I feel like we're about to get there too. I'm like, oh my God, I see where this is going. I know I'm trying not to. Um, but yeah, I think just being real and something, it's really funny because my partner, he's always like, wow, you're really the same person at work as you are at home and in your personal life. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that how it should be? Yeah. I mean, that's, I get the same feedback all the time. People are always like, wow, you're so honest for an HR person. And I'm literally like, honesty is one of my core values. I have three core values. It is literally one of them because I value it so much because I just want to show up as myself. If I had to like play act somebody else at work, I feel like I would be miserable. Oh my gosh. Gavin DeGraw said it best. I don't want to be in a- Anyway, I said I wasn't going to sing because I'm not a singer, but you, and also for anyone watching, if you haven't yet realized why we're friends, we're same, same in so many ways. I love Gavin DeGraw. He was one of my first concerts. Saw him for $10. Ooh, fun facts. Fun 2000, fact. I think it was 2003. $10, oh my God. $10 concert is unheard of. Yeah, it was like a free open air. It was Maroon 5 and Gavin DeGraw. I actually think Gavin DeGraw got sick and was only Maroon 5. But it was like the peak. It was like yeah. Maroon 5 when they had just started coming out. And Adam Levine waved to me. To this day, I hold on to that fact. But I screamed the same way. I didn't actually see Gavin DeGraw. I don't think he was there. I mean, you can't even get a Spotify membership for $10. No. Wow. What a deal. I know. It was an open-air concert, Maroon 5. Wow. I'm like rethinking that. It was great. I saw them in 2005. I've seen them multiple times, which is probably a shameful fact. I was going to say, I was like 2000. I've seen them twice, 2005 and like a couple years later, which just feels as if it were an eternity ago. Yeah. The Maroon 5 has been around forever. Okay. Moving on, because I feel like we could take our tangent right here real hard. Um, okay, so you touched on AI and I I hate this, but I, we're going to do it because everyone's talking about AI. Yeah. AI's role in comms. 
I will ask AI questions. I will ask the free version of chat GPT. I don't even pay for it. So maybe I should consider that my one problem already. But like, I'll ask it to draft comms. I'm like, I would never say this. A brand would never say. So I'm intrigued, like how you have leveraged AI in comms and like, where do you, how do you think it's going to impact the comms space? I mean, to be honest, admittedly, I was very reticent about even taking this on. And obviously things have changed. And what I've learned through a lot of research and a lot of conversations with people who get it, they understand what the language, what the large language learning model does, is that it is another tool that we can use for research, for drafting, to get us started, to maybe think of some word choices we haven't thought of. And the way I'm thinking of it is it's another Google search engine. It's another browser tab. It's another way to collate information that's available online. Admittedly, I'm not using it a ton, especially because I'm still actively writing and revising fiction in my personal life. And I don't use AI for any of that. And I know a lot of writers have been really promoting using it for like research. And I mean, there are a number of ways you can use it without having it write the actual thing, because I definitely don't think it should do that. And so I think using it as a tool, that's the key thing. AI is a tool. It's not a replacement. It should not replace anyone, especially when it comes to decision making. There is no world where you should like copy paste something you found in AI. But I think from a company comms perspective, it can be used to help Reduce the time it takes to research something, to draft something from scratch. If you have like a million notes and you want to have like a first draft of a blog, okay, go ahead. Use that for a first blog draft and then edit it. Have a person edit it because inevitably it needs that human touch. Yeah. It, I mean, you just, you can't, I mean, maybe one day it'll be copy paste. I can't foresee that day. I just don't think that's realistic. Because the human mind is an amazing thing and our lived experiences contribute so much to the way that we communicate and talk to each other and write and think and also understand the way others perceive it and like different nuances of companies and what's going on in the world and all these like extenuating circumstances. So I'm not trying to be roundabout, but I mean, I'm admitting I use it a little bit for research. I don't really use it for drafting. Um, I'm still that person that's like, oh, I have to write this thing. Uh, Let me go write it. Oh, I need to research this thing. Maybe I'll use it. I don't love it. Like I usually draft the comms for how I would say it. And even then it's still, it's really funny. My my CEO and I have like a really good relationship on editing things because I'll write it in like somewhat of a clinical way and he'll go in and like add more of the personality to it sometimes. Just funny, like thinking. Surprising. I, exactly. But like the newsletter is my medium to be my personality. When it comes to like our internal comms, I really think it's important that like our internal comms be aligned with like how he would also speak. It's his company, right? Our two co-founders. So it's been really good doing that because I think like it, it shows me that like even my own writing needs editing. But when I go into chat GPT and I try to like ask it anything to draft it, it'll spit something out. And I'm like, I would never use any of these words. Like literally never in the world would I say this sentence. So like it's for me, it's like good to like look at it. You're right to like start drafting, but I never cop would never copy and paste. And some of the things that it spits out, I'm just like, who would even talk like that? 
I mean, it's almost like a gut check of, oh, yeah, this is definitely how I don't want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because like, okay, let's say 10 years ago, company comms, I think were so buttoned up and so not authentic. And I do think with the like, the spread of social media, companies are starting to become more authentic in their comms. But I also think employees are looking for that. Like when we send cold and clinical comms to employees, employees are like, this is not giving me a good feeling. And they'll tell us that. And I think that that's great. You think that's like pushed us to be more authentic? I mean, it's so funny because for so long, organizations had the quote power over employees. And then the weights shifted noticeably, especially with the more transparent like employer review sites. And that changed the game. And employees are much more willing to raise their hand or leave if like top talent is willing to leave if they're not seeing changes or like not getting treated the way they feel like they should be getting treated. Yeah. And to replace them is three to four times their salary. That number still, when people are like, oh, they'll leave, whatever. And I'm like, three to four times their salary, that is what it's going to cost me to replace them. And the time, not to mention the the time. The time and the money. And it's just like people don't realize that. Yeah. But I think people are talking. And I think the reason that corporate comms have gotten better, and I'm sure it's not the same everywhere, because there's like, I don't want to call any organizations out, but there was like a very interesting video from a prominent company about return to work. Oh. And it was delivered in kind of a friendly way. Return to office, I should say. And it was like a little bit funny, but it was not. And it was a little bit threatening. And it was, it's getting dissected online right now. Always. I just thought that was so interesting because it's like, you're trying to be authentic, but how about just say the real reason? Like we want to save on real estate costs. We think it'll like, we're trying to do after work events to help you bond. We're trying to do more in-person brainstorms. Like what is the reason? Yeah. Rather than everyone needs to come to the office by this time, by this date. Yeah. But I actually am really happy that employees feel comfortable enough, or at least are starting to, to say that email didn't hit right. Or you didn't say anything about this thing that's happened. Can you like, you know, let's say there's an open question about benefits or a new customer or whatever, something that happened or a high profile departure. Like let's say an executive moves on to their next opportunity. Like, employees will ask the question and you need to be able to address it. And yeah, it can be professional, but it doesn't need to be stiff or covert and like hiding something. They're going to see to that bullshit. Did you see on the note of like videos that are going viral? Did you see the woman who recorded her layoff? I didn't watch the video, but I heard of this phenomenon. I watched it and I was like, one, I see both sides of everything, mostly because like I have to, I have to know how the employees are going to react to me as an HR team. I think the the HR team just did not communicate about the layoff well. Like I think people are afraid to say like, hey, the company performance was not where it needed to be and we overhired. Therefore, we have to eliminate your position. And yeah. they just like did not say that. They kept saying like, oh, it's because of your performance, your performance. And she kept pushing back on them, rightfully so. And I love when employees do that because they should push back. Yeah. I, I like I welcome it because if they're pushing back, that means I'm not doing my job well, to be honest. And that's like accountability. I think all HR people can take. And so when I'm writing comms, I'm always thinking through like, okay, if I was an employee who was receiving this message, what questions would I ask? 
And then I write those answers into the comms because I'm like, I'm not going to even let there be a moment of hesitation. I'm not going to let this piece of communication go out and then have the same 15 questions come in. I'm going to pre-write the answer to the question and put it in the comms and give it to the employees. I do that as well, which is I'm an employee also. How would I take this? And I think a lot of people don't think about that. And you can see it by the way that companies show up in the world Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff that's getting, quote, leaked. You know, it's just that human element when you think about it, when you read it aloud to yourself and you say, let me take this in as an employee would take it in. Let me take it in as this audience member would take it in. Is it landing? What questions do I have? What questions is it raising for me? That's a key to getting the communication right is how is the person you're communicating with going to take this? Is it understandable? Is it easy to understand? Are you using unnecessarily big words? This or isn't like scary the, words too. Yeah, this isn't yeah. literature. Oh, I know. There's so many scary words. <laughs> so many scary words that have different connotations. The world of work has changed for good, but many HR performance management tools just don't cut it. Enabling performance in the modern world of work requires a modern approach, one that's agile and asynchronous, but still fosters connection and collaboration. Have you heard about PI Inspire? It was designed specifically for today's performance management challenges. It helps you gain a deep understanding about yourself and your team and share personalized insights to help you learn how to manage and develop each direct report. Meet people where they are and start developing new leaders at every level. Learn more about PI Inspire at www.predictiveindex.com. Celebrating every occasion from work anniversaries to birthdays and holidays shouldn't be stressful for HR teams. You need a platform that makes gifting easy and enables you to send gifts to your employees, customers, and everyone in between. You need Snappy. Have a gift in mind? They've got it. Love the idea of a gift collection for your recipients to choose their favorite item? Look no further. Want swag your employees will actually love? Snappy can make that a reality. Snappy creates a gifting experience that's just as unique as your recipients, and they can make it happen in a snap. Don't wait until March 1st to remember it's Employee Appreciation Day. Sign up for free and start gifting today at www.snappy.com slash I hate it here. You just talked about an executive departure. I have had this debate so many times. I honestly think probably I'm in the hundreds of having this debate communicating employees' departures. So like executives absolutely need to be communicated. Employee departures. Do you have any tips and tricks for if that should be communicated? So I will tell you, like I've worked at several startups that are like under 200 employees. My theory is if somebody, we have 200 employees, everyone probably knows everyone. So if someone leaves, you have to communicate it. If someone disappears into the night, it's it's not a good vibe for anyone involved. What are your thoughts on like communicating employee departures? Because you've seen Greenhouse through several stages now. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I mean, before Greenhouse, I was at a startup that also was going through a lot of, it was like, change happens. Yeah, change happens. And like, as you grow, you have to adjust how you work and how you communicate. And before that, I was at two different PR agencies. One was a midsize agency that was part of like a larger multi-thousand global company. And it's Like, I think first and foremost, you have to set the guidelines. If you're just getting started out, everyone is going to like set individuals on their last day are going to be like, it's my last day. If you didn't know, here's my personal email and a funny GIF. Peace out. Love you or whatever. And I think that that's welcome and okay, especially in a startup environment. And especially if the culture invites that camaraderie, 
But I think as you grow beyond 100 employees, you have to think about, okay, should everyone have access to staff ad emails? Do we have a channel saying like farewell to our colleagues? I don't know. It just, it's a personal thing. I mean, like personal to an organization. I do think that there needs to be guidelines, but not decrees. Because I mean, once you hit like enterprise size, there you shouldn't be communicating every last departure. If like an SDR has moved on, if a recruiter, you know, has been there five years and is taking a different role in like a totally different department at another company, or like if there's internal mobility, I mean, is it important to communicate it? Is it a matter of like public knowledge necessity? But like C-level executives, they have so much visibility and influence over the company. And so you should be communicating that. You should see this person is moving on to do this thing and thank them for their service and their time and and call out the specific ways that they change the company. I think it's just like, it's unrealistic to try to hide it or like push it under the rug or like gloss this over because we're not in an era where people stay at the same company for their entire career. And like it hasn't, been, years, that way. Less, less than it hasn't years. been that way in 30, 40. Wow. What is yeah. a career? Yeah. What is it? What is it even? What is even a career? But that's another topic for another day. I just think that to be realistic and keep with the times, like people are not going to stay at the same company forever. I know I've been at Greenhouse forever and I'm not planning on going anywhere. So, so as like, I'm celebrating my seventh year at Greenhouse. Do as, I, do as I say, not as I do. No, I mean, like that. I'm very happy here. So why would I go? But people want different things and also decide they want to take their careers in different directions or want to try working in a different industry or in a different location or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, but yeah, I mean, a long answer to your question, which is executive departures or changes need to always be communicated at the org level. And I think anything else doesn't necessarily need to be just like with that team, with the people that they work most closely with. I think if you're a small startup, absolutely you should be. Because like if someone someone leaves like in a sub 50 person company, everyone's going to know within five minutes. So I think that is a necessity. And as you get bigger too, if you have like a rapid amount, like multiple departures in a row, I think you have to have some sort of communication about it because my fear is like when you don't communicate, then you leave open a whole gray area for your employees to make assumptions. And frankly, most employees will assume negative things. Mm. They won't think like, oh, all these people are leaving because they're onto their, they're going to think like all these people are leaving because something's wrong. And so like, as much as it, I'm going to, oh God, this just like pains my soul to say, part of communication is also just like making sure you can talk about the uncertainty in a way that spins it in a positive light, which feels like a little icky, but like you don't want your employees to question, should I even be here? I mean, I'm a PR person, so you say spin, and I've been hearing that word a long time. (laughs) And I actually did a panel at my last job so long ago, and everyone was tweeting me. It was like a borderline viral moment that did not go viral. (laughs) I was like, I'm the most honest PR person you'll ever meet. I think, yes, and be honest, and also provide the parameters to show that it's not like at the detriment of the company or the individual. I think, I wouldn't say the word spin, but I think making sure the message is shared in a way that doesn't 
create negativity, unnecessary negativity in the company or rumor. That's the thing. It's like also that's better. You want to address it head on. You don't want it to like fuel the fire of rumors or gossip or circumspection. It's just like this is what's happened. This is why it's happened. This yep. is the opportunity we see in it because I mean, I think this is a little bit of a PR moment, but anything that happens provides an opportunity. Exactly. You can always that. you can always have an opportunity with every negative neutral experience. That's the way to do PR spin without using the word spin. There you go. That's PR spin without it. Okay. Maybe I didn't mean to say spin, but now I'm just going to say PR. Um, okay. Last question. Okay. I know. Last question. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Honestly, we're going to have to maybe do a second part will, of this. But yeah. okay. Last question. And I'm really curious about your answer here. She doesn't know what's coming. So I'm going to ask her this question. We're going to get her live reaction. What is one thing you think companies are the worst at communicating? I don't want to be too abstract, but change. Any type of change. If there is a new round of funding or a new hire or an award won or... Promotions. Those can be more straightforward and easy. But if there's like a change, if your benefits change, if there is a leadership change, I think that the overthinking comes in and it's just like can sometimes become swirl of well, how do I say this to this group and to this group and in what forum? And and I think I think change is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm sort of at the stage in my life and career, and it took me a long time to get here. And I, where I let change wash over me because it's like no two days are going to be the same. And I mean, facing change is still like, oh, this is happening in my life and at work. But I think people find it really hard to face any type of change. And so when there is an over-engineered message about change, it can really cause confusion. And so I think my advice to companies who are communicating about change would be keep it simple and make it human. And for the love of all that is wonderful in this world, read it out loud and make sure it makes sense. I always say also to executives that are worried about a comms, like, uh, if you if this leaked, would you be proud of it? Mm, that's a great... If somebody screenshotted this and nice. put it on Twitter, would you be proud of it? Well, because I've worked at a media organization where, like, we had leaks from inside a newsroom. And so it's like, that's just very common. And so I, my style of comms is like, if somebody externally read this, if my best friend read it, would she be like, ooh, that's not good? That's how I think of comms a lot of the times, too. That's a great filter for anyone to be thinking about. Great. It's a little bit of, of fear-based, honestly. But like, I mean, I write all our comms, Dina, okay? <laughs> it's not even fear. It's it's like perception and, you're, and who you are as a company. Like, yeah. it's like, how do you want to be seen by the world? Who do you, yeah, who do you want to be? Okay, wait, I have one actually last question because oh, I think this okay. could be really helpful. I'm sorry, one last one. Okay. I'm adding on a second because I just want to, I want to know your thoughts on this. Okay, what advice do you have for HR people who are trying to build their brand? Ooh, a fun one. Okay, thank a you. Fun, well, and not a fun question. <laughs> HR people trying to build their brand. I think there are a lot of fun people on TikTok right now in the HR space. And I think leaning into your personality and how it helps you in your job is something that you should be sharing. And 
not everyone should be like creating content, but I think get involved in the conversation and connect with people because I think a lot of people do become friends or network online before they even meet in person. Um, I knew you through your newsletter well before we met. And then we took a trip together. (laughs) Yes. And then we took a trip together, which is (laughs) the separate side story. Side story Um, for another day. (laughs) No, I think getting involved, because I mean, also being in front of a camera isn't for everybody. But I think building your brand is connect to the right people and do it not just by like following or adding a million people or liking a million posts and reels, but by reading what folks have to say and thoughtfully engaging and commenting or like sharing something interesting that's happened in your world. I mean, and also like if you like a product that you use at work, share about it, get involved with like the customer advisory board of that product or like engage online with the like-minded people or like go to conferences. And I mean, building your brand is all about confidence and authenticity. And I think, I mean, as much fun and as easy quote as social media and being online is connecting in person is really fun as well. And you have the opportunity, if you have the opportunity to do that, you should, because that's how you build your brand. You like go to HR tech and you show up at the booth and you're like, hi, I'm Hiba. And I'm like, hi, I'm Dina. And then we become best friends. Exactly. Where I walk up and I say, I love Greenhouse. I talk to everyone about it. And you're like, okay, bullshit. And I'm like, no, but actually I do talk to everyone about Greenhouse. And now I know that for a fact. That's truly authentic. Because I literally don't have it in me to bullshit anybody. I know. It's like too exhausting. I have this podcast. It's it's so tiring. I'm like, at the end of the day, I really just want to say who I am and what I stand for and like try to live those up every single day. I love that. That is really good advice. And that connecting with people online, I think is so, if you're really lacking community in your life, I think you can find so much inspiration from the people you meet online. And like, I obviously have a community of HR people, but not even that, like you can find a community anywhere, like through passions, through LinkedIn, through Twitter. Like there's so many avenues. We do a lot of connecting in safe space, which is my community, which is like fun because then you get to meet people who kind of have the same dry sense of humor I have. Like, like attracts like. Like, you find the people in your community that are kind of like you, right? Like, our favorite yeah. colors are purple. That means something. We both like tarot cards, just saying. Like, there's a lot. You attract the people that like the same things you like, and that gets really exciting. So I think that's great advice for anyone who's trying to build their HR brand because I think a lot of people are thinking, like, I want to make an impact on this work, so I need to also build a brand around being the person who can deliver that impact. I love HR people. I think they don't get enough credit. And I think that they're out there doing the hard work and trying their best to do right by the people of the company. So I love that. Yeah. Find your community. Connect. HR people, you got this. We're here for you. Literally, we're here for you all day, day, every day. Okay. Tell people how they can be in touch with you. Me? Personally? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to share all your info, but like Anyone listening, like, how do we find Dina? Yes, you can find me on my personal website, dinasusanalabade.com. Dina is spelled with an H, so have fun with that. <laughs> um, and also my um, Instagram is dinasusanalabadewrites. So there's tons of good stuff there. My email is on the website. 
people will find you. They'll find you on LinkedIn probably too. Oh, I'm on, I'm on I'm on the LinkedIn. I'm on the LinkedIn. Everyone's on the LinkedIn. I'm on the LinkedIn. I love I honestly love LinkedIn because I feel like it's really straddling the line between professional and personal and there's like everyone's doing these like wildly long personal essays that have nothing to do with work sometimes and I'm just like is LinkedIn the new Twitter because also there's like some like fire starting posts. And I'm like, wow, this conversation, this would have happened over there. It's over the tea. LinkedIn just is, I'm my own strategy on LinkedIn is I'm going to be as unhinged as possible. Some days I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to drop this meme. I'm going to make this comment and I'm going to peace out. Like that is my, but like the, the threads I read on LinkedIn, some days I'm just like, people be responding yeah. Yeah. with their job titles on things. Yeah. And I'm like, you maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> hot take like this is for twitter not for linkedin i do like linkedin more than twitter i feel like linkedin is just like an old friend an old standby and it still has a good standard of professionalism and it is it's still what it's meant to be kind in, of yeah in most cases i mean i hope it holds on to that but yeah, I feel like i take a very measured approach with my linkedin my personal linkedin because i'm not trying to get into arguments on LinkedIn. I just don't have time for that. Like I have an opinion, you have an opinion. If our opinion does not agree, you do you, I do me. My theory is like, I'm not going to convince anybody of, I'm going to try, but like I might not be able to convince people of the things I believe in. And my goal is just to spread more awareness about why it is I believe in this thing. Like why do I believe return to work is super hard for parents and mothers yeah. and underrepresented groups? Like I'm going to share, I'm not really a fan of return to the office because yeah. it does it is detrimentally impacting other people so like that's for another day but like linkedin interesting but they'll find you there um dina thank you so much yeah we should do another i was gonna say we should do another episode about caregivers but uh yes it's season th we're in three right now season four oh. must be on this podcast mic all day every day but caregiving is i mean i'm not even a caregiver well kind of my mom but not really and i still think that work is really hard for people who are caregivers and that has to change Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, Dina, thank you so much. You're the best. Thanks for having me. It's like always fun to hang out with you. And I'm always here if you need me, you and all the HR people. Hell yeah. Okay, you heard it here first. Please hit her up on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Go follow her website. Her favorite color is purple like mine. That's all your fun facts for today. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with all the latest HR resources by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you love I Hate It here, tell an HR friend. I'll see you next time.